Hey, Harpy Hour fans. Here's a new way to earn yourselves a coveted Harpy Hour logo sticker and get a shout out from us in an episode. Just tag us at Harpy Hour Pod on an original social media post. So not a retweet, but something you wrote yourself telling your friends how much you love us. Next, DM us your mailing address straight from your social media account or email us along with a screenshot of your post to harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com. You won't get another sticker if you already got one in our last giveaway, but let your friends know anyways so they can participate and get a matching sticker. We're only giving away up to 20 stickers, but if you miss out, you can also get one by supporting us on Patreon. Now, before you enjoy the episode, check out this promo from another awesome podcast to add to your list and stick around for Harpy Hour. So I've been asked to do some promo for these two lads, Ryan and Paul, for their podcast, Cold Callers Comedy. Quite honestly, I've never listened to it because it sounds like sh**. But what I can tell you is that my show, Artie's Artist Acts, is one of the segments, and that is an absolute peaky blinder you can't miss out on. Whoa, what the hell, Tom? You meant to promote our show, not slag it off. I couldn't care less, mate. Well, you should. You're on the podcast. Yeah, how about a little gratitude? Brain, show them how grateful we are. Your precious podcast. Gratefully accepted. Um, we're not giving it to you. Admirable. What a mistake. So yeah, listen to my show Cold Callers Comedy on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Amazon and all the other podcast platforms The podcast rises Come here Harpy Hour may contain explicit language as well as graphic, violent and sexual content Listener discretion is advised Welcome to Harpy Hour. Shalom. Aloha. Hello. (laughs) (laughs) I think we've done that exact sequence of greetings before. (laughs) Except you said hello with a question mark. Have you guys ever read that book, Jumbo Means Hello, when you were in grade school? No. It was all about like how to say hello in different languages. Jumbo is Swahili for hello. And how do you say... I'm sorry, I'm a stupid American in every language. I, mean, I don't remember. I didn't memorize the book. <laughs> or there's a hyena in my tent. I That's did an not important look one. that up. No, well, unprepared for class. I know. 10 points from Gryffindor. From Hufflepuff. You're a Hufflepuff. We I'm a Hufflepuff. This. But the line is Gryffindor. And none of us are Gryffindor, so I can yell it with no consequence. I mean, they've taken points and given points to all the houses. That is true. I don't think Hufflepuff ever loses points. I don't think Hufflepuff ever gets <laughs> points either. Hufflepuff just kind of chills. I'm telling you, it's a very underrated house. Ten points from Gryffindor! Yesterday at our book club, we were all talking about our houses. And we talked about how Liz is a Ravenclaw, but how she argued about whether or debated whether or not she was a Ravenclaw and that that was the most Ravenclaw thing she could In do. In the most Ravenclaw-like <laughs> fashion she could have done. I had to analyze it critically before I could accept it. Which even proves yes. further <laughs> that you are Ravenclaw. Meanwhile, I'm like, oh, cool, Hufflepuff, let's go get snacks. 
And I'm like, fuck you, I'm Slytherin. Yep. <laughs> I don't know why I'm Slytherin. And all of us hate Gryffindor. Yes. I don't remember what the questions are to pick your house. I took that quiz so long ago. I think I took like eight different quizzes to see how yeah. consistent well, my results were. the official one is the one on Pottermore. That's right, the that's the one I'm referring one. to is the Pottermore mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. Where you get to like do your wand and right. your uh, Patronus and all that stuff. Oh, what was my Patronus? My Patronus is an otter, just like Hermione. What was my Patronus? I don't remember mine. You guys are the worst. All right, let's get does on that to website Pottermore. Still exists. That's what I'm, I'm actually like signing on right now. I'm like those Pottermore. Oh, it redirects you to Wizarding World, the official home of Harry Potter. Is that the same thing? It's the same. It looks like it's the same thing. It's just renamed. Is it just like owned by Disney or something? I don't. Um... Well, we're the Harpies. Yes, we are actually not advertising for. Harry Potter. They don't need any more advertisement. We're not helping them. Yeah. But we're just so deeply millennial that we like identify ourselves with our Hogwarts house. Well, for the love of God, are you going to introduce yourselves? Oh, I'm Tracy and I'm a Hufflepuff. (laughs) I'm Liz and I'm a Ravenclaw. I'm Steph and I'm a Slytherin. Yeah, you are. Until we retake our Pottermore quizzes and <laughs> reevaluate and my entire self identity is gone. Oh my god, this username at uh, this email address is not found. It must not be the same as Pottermore. Why do you have to log in to Pottermore? Well, they saved all your settings and stuff. That yeah. was part of the thing. Yeah, so that when you it. signed on, it would be like, "Hello, Hufflepuff." Okay. Well, I'll have to solidify my identity later on. I just love that meme that's like you know you're deeply millennial when you have your Harry Potter, when you have your Hogwarts house in, like, your bio. Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah. Spoke to a generation. A literal generation. Did you hear Gen Z's really shitting on us lately? And our skinny jeans? And our <laughs> skinny parts. jeans, our side parts. Fuck you. We say doggo, and we put our Harry Potter house in our dating profile. You can pry that laughing emoji out of my cold, dead hands. Like, <laughs> fuck you, Gen Z. No. No. I can't really be too upset about the skinny jeans things because I can't... Like, I don't, I don't wear jeans. So I feel like I can't be that upset about it. That's some Hawaiian privilege, if ever I heard it. It really is. is. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Ugh. Insufferable. I know I am. Now I'm looking at a list of Pottermore Patronus options to see if something sounds familiar. Liz, there's a hedgehog option. Were you the hedgehog? I don't know. I don't know if I ever... I mean, oh. I would self-select a hedgehog if I, I could. I think it might have been the lynx. I was definitely the otter. Yeah, because isn't that a thing, the eerie otters, and you were all excited about it? Yeah, it's our minor league hockey team. You could be a rhinoceros. <laughs> <laughs> it's like the opposite of Tracy. This is like an option. Though. I'm just reading the option. The largest animal for the <laughs> smallest person. I just didn't know there was a rhinoceros option. I feel like I might have been the lynx. That sounds right. Okay. <laughs> now that we've got that settled. Well, I'm so glad. Steph, ask me something. Besides Pottermore houses and wands and... Patronuses. Tracy, what do you want to talk about today? I mean, that was really it, but I guess if pressed, I will talk <laughs> about a preposterous religion. Preposterous? Yes. I got nothing. Oh, I know what it is, so I'm not going to ruin it. Yeah, don't ruin it. Tracy really, texted it's me. It's really clever. 
She texted me last week to be like, are you doing this? That seems like something you yeah. might do. I want to make sure I'm not stepping on your toes. Well, yeah, I had to check uh-huh. with Steph because it's a semi-Steph like topic. So I wanted to call dibs. So yeah. she knows what it is. <laughs> yeah. But I'm very excited about it. So let's move on. Okay. My prepasta rith religion is the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster! Woo! Woo! I mean, it's a crossover between me and you because it's a ridiculous religion, but it's also pasta. Pasta. (laughs) I mean, I feel like this is kind of squarely in my lane with like a touch of, with a touch of Steph. So... I feel like it falls in between, but it's, it could go either way. Pasta. Pasta. Okay, let's get into it. I'm so excited. All right. So, <laughs> terms defined. Pastafarianism is also known as the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. You can go either way. And the deity is the Flying Spaghetti Monster, as the name would suggest. I will mm-hmm. refer to this creature as FSM in my notes. So, FSM. That's what I'm, FSM. Why? When you could just call it the Flying Spaghetti Monster. It's so long. Ain't nobody got time for that. It's true. Gotta <laughs> gotta save my energy. Okay, let's go through the history. I'm so excited, you you guys. Okay, <laughs> November 2004. We are squarely in high school, all three of us. Yes. The Kansas State Board of Education votes five to four, so a split vote, to start teaching intelligent design alongside evolution in public school science class because uh... Kansas. Let's talk a little bit about intelligent design because it's terrible and you need to know all about it. Uh, Yep, exactly. (laughs) Intelligent design is a pseudoscientific argument for the existence of God, presented by its proponents as, quote, an evidence-based scientific theory about life's origins. It's basically trying to prove the existence of God, but like under the guise of science. And there's literally nothing science about it. It does not belong in a science class. It's real bad. So some concepts include irreducible complexity, specified complexity, fine-tuned universe, and intelligent designer. Let's chat about it. Do we have to? Yes. <laughs> irreducible complexity is the concept that if you remove any single part of like a, a mechanism, the mechanism will either no longer work or will not work in the same way. So you can't reduce the parts down any further. That's, that's the concept there. Specified complexity is a concept that William A. Dembski, but I will refer to him as Dumpski because he's dumb. <laughs> <laughs> he is a mathematician and a theologian, and he defined this in the 1990s as anything with less than a 1 in 10 to the 150th power chance of occurring by natural chance. So if you fall... Beyond that, like, you're not, that, that's the concept. You know what I mean? No. Okay. Great. Glad we're all on the same page. No, literally. What, I'm, what are you talking about? <laughs> so Dembski's example for, here's, here's the example. Quote, a single letter of the alphabet is specified without being complex. A long sentence of random letters is complex without being specified. A Shakespearean sonnet is both complex and specified. So he's saying that things that are both complex and specified needed some kind 
of intelligent designer to create it. Like it wouldn't have occurred naturally. And apparently the mathematical division between chance and sorry, that couldn't happen by chance is one in 10, 150th. This makes me think of that analogy people give where it's like, if you put, you know, an infinite number of chimpanzees in a room with computers, eventually eventually one of them is going to write a Shakespearean play or something. Yes. But like you get an infinite time kind of thing. So because I am who I am, I included uh, Richard Dawkins rebuttal to this, to Dembski's Dembski's example. (laughs) He said that allowing for an intelligent designer to account for unlikely complexity only postpones the problem because such a designer would need to be at least as complex as the shit that he is designing. That's what I was about to say is like, then who designed the designer? Because he's so complex that he must have been designed. Yeah, that's basically what Dawkins is saying. Mm -hmm. It's interesting, though. This part I can't really wrap my head around that, like the example of sentences that you gave, like letters being made into like complex sentences. Those are only like letters combined in a certain way are only apparently complex because we've assigned that value to them. Correct. Like we've decided what letters make words and what letters don't mm-hmm. make words. That's and right. so like a random assortment of any letters could just as easily have been meaningful if we had assigned those meaning letters to them. meaning. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Well, it's a, Bad example, yes. None of this makes sense. His name is Dumsky. He's an idiot. Fine-tuned universe. That is the belief that the universe exists in such a fragile set of conditions that must be maintained by a sentient and intelligent designer. So, like, basically the concept that the universe is so fragile that there must be some designer keeping things in check. Why is that designer not controlling the climate problem we have? That clearly things are not in check right now. Texas is frozen. <laughs> <laughs> we froze Texas. Hell has frozen over. It is Texas. Yes. You're not Clearly wrong. things are not in alignment. I mean, I'm not saying that this d- intelligent designer is doing a good job. I'm just pointing out that that's what intelligent design advocates believe. Oh, I know. I'm just arguing with him, even though he's not here. You are the vessel. <laughs> I, okay. You are a placeholder for him who I want to actually yell at. The burden's on us. And the intelligent designer is basically God without saying God. Could be anyone. Who knows? Yeah, we don't know. I'm sure he's open to it being Muhammad. I'm sure. <laughs> Guys, it's me. Allah. I'm sure we should definitely make the assumption that he is open to that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, so all this happens in November of 2004. Fast forward three months, January of 2005. Bobby Henderson, who is my new favorite person. (laughs) Bobby Henderson, he's a 24-year-old physicist. And by physicist, I mean, I think he might have been unemployed. Don't at me at this. (laughs) He sounds like he could have been like just a grad student. He well, he definitely has a bachelor's in physics from Oregon State University. But I couldn't really confirm what he was doing at this point because he's 24. So he graduated. So I don't know. Occupation unknown. But he has a (laughs) physics degree from Oregon State University and he's 24 at this point. Okay, so he posts a satirical open letter to the Kansas Board of Education on his personal website requesting that, quote, pastafarianism be taught alongside intelligent design in school. 
Ben Franklin once wrote a satirical essay, and look what that got us. Exactly. Daylight saving time. <laughs> you know... God damn it, But ben. it seems like they have a two-for-two, two, like, success rate. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, maybe we should take a page out of this satirical letter. Also, I really wanted to just read the satirical letter, but I'm like, no, that takes too long. That's going to be boring. Like, let's, let's dive in. Bobby said that he initially sent the letter to the Kansas Board of Education ahead of the November vote, but he never received a response. So now he's like, well, fuck this. I'm making it public. Mm. So, in the letter, Bobby argues why students should be taught this theory. Quote, if the intelligent design theory is not based on faith, but instead another scientific theory, as is claimed, then you must also allow our theory to be taught, as it is also based on science, not faith. Mm. Uh, end quote. I'm curious the science behind. <laughs> yeah. Oh, just pastafarianism. Just, just, just wait. We can't prove it wrong. That's basically. I his. hate that argument. It's not the burden. Basically, of proof. can't argument. prove that it doesn't exist, and therefore it exists. The burden of proof is not to disprove something. The burden of proof is to prove something. Not you could literally religion. say anything and say, "Prove me wrong." Not that in religion. It's not. Well, it is. It's just they. Religious people don't accept it, I guess. I don't know. Okay. Jesus fucking Christ. So explaining the lack of evidence, quote, we have evidence that a flying spaghetti monster created the universe. None of us, of course, were around to see it, but we have written accounts of it. We have several lengthy <laughs> volumes explaining all details of his power. His is capitalized. Of course. Also, you may be surprised to hear that there are over 10 million of us and growing we tend to be very secretive, as many people claim our beliefs are not substantiated by observable evidence. Therefore, you can't count us because we won't reveal ourselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. Observable <laughs> evidence is at the discretion of a flying spaghetti monster. He goes into why scientific data does not disprove the existence of FSM. During carbon dating of artifacts, when a scientist measures the result, quote, the flying spaghetti monster is there changing the results with his noodly appendage. That's all in <laughs> caps. We have numerous texts that describe in detail how this can be possible and the reasons why he does it. He is, of course, invisible and can pass through normal matter with ease, unquote. He's like Q, who just purposely gives false information sometimes. Yeah, but have you guys yeah. heard? Okay, when I was explaining this to Craig, Craig had not heard this argument. But one of the arguments for creationism is that God can manipulate scientific data to yes. test your faith. I have heard this. And it's a matter of faith. Do not believe science because it will give like false testimony. That is the worst thing I've ever heard. So he's mocking that argument right. in this portion i've heard essay. that before and it's just like it's why bother with science then right but that that <laughs> saying that makes it totally un. you can't argue against that you know there's no way to prove or disprove either way yes. to say and why yes. would like what there's no proof that he does that there's no proof that he doesn't do that yes that is correct there's no way to argue <laughs> it if that's what your belief is that's like saying like oh satan put dinosaur bones in the earth to question your faith there's no way to prove that <laughs> there's no way there's no reason to believe it but there's no way to disprove it either. It's that just, is also a published argument uh, for creationism. That Satan is testing your faith. With dinosaur bones. By giving you false testimony. 
Well, I feel like if there weren't dinosaur bones in the first place, I wouldn't be considering like this alternate yeah well that's because your faith is weak elizabeth (laughs) so get that checked out oh my god i don't have enough alcohol for this i would just still be blindly following if i weren't tempted that is what he wants you to do stop but he would just not tempt me and i would just be a follower yeah but that's not what he wants he doesn't want the blind the why is he so fucking malicious that he wants to like manipulative you know i agree i don't think it's someone that we should be hanging out with he sounds like a bad influence (laughs) i agree with you these are like these are attributes of like uh these are things like an abuser does like an emotional abuser it's like yes somewhere in here there's got to be some like gaslighting i feel like i was just about to say he's gaslighting an entire people yes yeah he absolutely is i very much agree he's like saying one thing doing another and then accusing like getting angry at you for like falling for his trap that he set for you it's oh my god i'm sorry i need to drink more okay how to teach fsm properly Quote, it is disrespectful to teach our beliefs without wearing his chosen outfit, which is, of course, full pirate regalia. (laughs) I cannot stress the importance of this enough and unfortunately cannot describe in detail why this must be done, as I fear this letter is already becoming too long. The concise explanation is that he becomes angry if we don't, unquote. I thought you had like a... A colander hat too. Yes, you do have one of those as well. That's later. That's not the original. The original is pirate regalia. Gotcha. He's evolved. Yes. There's like different sects of the religion. (laughs) Some of them have the colander hats. (laughs) Some of them have the pirate regalia. Yeah. Oh my god. Okay. Henderson. This is one of my favorite parts, and I'm very excited about it. Henderson represented how two variables can have a relationship without being causal by showing a graph of how the declining number of pirates since the 1800s, quote, caused global warming. What? (laughs) So he was showing, he's like, here's how two unrelated things can be shown to have a causal relationship and how you can manipulate data to look look like it affects one another when really pirates died out for a completely different reason other than global warming. Like, yeah. (laughs) Gotcha. I love that. Okay, so he's just relating to totally this unrelatable thing things. Is trolling. And, this yes. entire thing is trolling. Well, yes, I get that. Okay. Henderson also included an artistic rendering of FSM, mountains, trees, and a midget, reminding readers that, quote, we are all his creatures. Okay. <laughs> it, was, it, it was really Interesting important. Interesting choices. It was, it was really important that that be included. It was very explicative. So we discovered in a previous episode that pasta became a thing when was it oh and like, we googled it oh we like 1500 it came to i think i feel like it came to europe when in like the 16 or 1700s yeah. but like it was definitely made before that but i think I'm curious like when the 15. very first pasta was made fourth century bc okay is that you know how it's like some christians believe the earth is only like 2000 year old is that like when time starts no. Oh, okay. I'll get I'll get to the creation myth later. Stop oh, okay. jumping ahead. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just curious. You know? No. Did man create pasta or did no. pasta create man, you know? No. Okay. <laughs> Conclusion. Quote. 
I think we can all look forward to the time when these three theories are given equal time in our science classrooms across the country and eventually the world. One third for intelligent design, one third time for flying spaghetti monsterism, parentheses pastafarianism, and one third time for logical conjecture based on overwhelming observable evidence. End quote. Lols. Oh my god. Okay. The letter soon went viral, becoming emblematic of the fight against teaching intelligent design in public schools. Don't you remember, like, when we were in college, when everyone put Pastafarianism as, like, their religious views? Yeah. And I just thought that people thought that it was funny. Yeah. But apparently it was a thing. Apparently it had a deeper meaning that 18-year-old Tracy did not know about. March 2006, so this is a year and two months later, Henderson published the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Yes. This book includes a creation myth, tenets of belief, more on this later, and a guide to evangelizing holidays and the Pastafarian lifestyle. It has also been translated into German, French, and Danish, of which I will pronounce for you now. Oh, gosh. German. <laughs> das Evangelium des Flyingenden Spaghetti Monsters. <laughs> 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 is there no german words for spaghetti and monster? no uh, none of those are translated <laughs> france attempted a little bit okay ready l'evangile du monstre and spaghetti's volant i like how you ch- like in german you're trying to murder somebody in french you're trying to seduce somebody <laughs> Danish, this is just what I imagine how a donut would say it. A donut? Yeah, Danish. Oh, gosh. I mean, Danishes are Danishes, not donuts. Danishes are Danishes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the Danish translation. A donut is not a Danish. Evangelette on det flying vende spaghetti monster. Okay, moving on. July 2010, Henderson published The Loose Cannon, comma, The Holy Book of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, colon, a really important collection of words. This book is uh, based in crowdsourcing material from, quote, practicing pastafarians, and it is available for free download on spaghettimonster.org. I was going to ask, like, how much, like, effort and personal time and resource he puts into these materials. Well, he got an $80,000 advance to write the Gospel of the Flying Spaghetti Monster and and he posted (laughs) on his website from, oh god, from the publisher. It was Villard Books. And uh, he posted that he was going to build a pirate ship with his advance. No word on if that came to fruition. I feel like a pirate ship might cost more than $80,000. I think he may have abandoned it. Okay, unrelated, guys. Total sidebar. My sister sent me yesterday a video. So someone had made like a cardboard boat, like a pirate ship, and put it on a Roomba and put their cat in the... In oh, it. Yes. and I had it riding yeah. around the living room with the pirates music, like da 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 And the cat's just like riding in it. And I totally <laughs> want to do that with Cheddar because he loves, he doesn't like the Roomba, but he loves boxes. So I think I might be able to get it to, to happen. I mean, this is absolutely a quarantine project for you. 
Yes. I, I mean, I have so many Amazon boxes right now. I so think you should do it. This is, this is going to become a reality eventually. We will post okay. it on our, uh, our, our social media when I make <laughs> it happen. Um, yes. <laughs> Cheddar is going to become insta-famous and it's going to be great. Oh my God. Well, I'm copying somebody else, so I mean... Was it like a TikTok video? Maybe there's like a challenge. Yeah, but if you just do it better, it'll go viral. Oh my God, it'll be a TikTok challenge. I don't even have the TikTok, but... Craig just discovered TikTok. We don't have time for this. We don't have time for this. <laughs> it's a Gen Z thing. <laughs> Craig is a millennial. He's older than we are. Right, which is why he hopped on that train so much later and it's a oh thing that he did it. We're like, oh my god, he joined TikTok? What? I can't. Okay, let's get into the beliefs of FSM. So, on the website, so they have a website, it's just flyingspaghettimonsterorg.org and on the website it says, this is a real legitimate religion as much as any other. I'm like, oh god. That's, Casey that's had a good doubts. Sign. That's a good sign that it's properly labeled. I mean, sure. Is it any more ridiculous than like a child being born to a virgin and giving miracles and coming back from the dead? Like, no, no. it's not. That's why it's so funny. Okay. Well, people treat it like it is, but it's no more absurd. And it's I, impracticality. I agree, which is why I am joining the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. Okay. Yes. Moving on. Praise be. So their belief in evolution and the afterlife, quote, religious texts tell us that humans evolved from pirates. Consider that so-called, consider that so-called science experts would have us believe humans evolved from primates, pointing towards the shared 99% DNA between humans and primates. But humans and pirates share upwards of 99% of DNA. <laughs> we believe that pirates were the original Pastafarians and that they were peaceful explorers. It is only due to Christian misinformation that they have an image of outcast criminals today. No one knows what the afterlife really holds, but we are told FSM heaven has a beer volcano and stripper factory. <laughs> End quote. Stripper, stripper factory? That is a direct quote. <laughs> They're piecing together strippers up there, guys. Strippers aren't real. Apparently. Oh, stripper factory. <laughs> Robots, robot strippers. Yes. Yes. So there you go. Okay, oh, so gosh. back to- Let's, let's get into the creation story that Steph tried to get steer us toward before. Do you mm-hmm. think a stripper factory is actually just like, I'm thinking of like an assembly line system where you just walk through and you see different models and different stages of undress. So instead of seeing huh. a person stripping, you just see like 10 different people in different stages of undress. I wonder if that's what it's like. So it's like a fully dressed person and then topless and pantsless, et cetera, just like yeah. down the line. And you just kind of like zoom through it like you're go- like a flip book. Huh. I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> a anyway. Book. A stripper flip book. <laughs> I'm picturing like some like ride at Epcot or something where you like sit in it and you watch like the assembly process, like the beginning <laughs> to strippers. the end and, and your little little cart going on this slow little rail track and someone explaining to you overhead like, and this is where we add the nipples. <laughs> <laughs> this is where we pierce them. 
Oh, thank you, Flying Spaghetti Monster. Anyway. Praise be. So this story occurred 5,000 years ago, according to mythology. So that doesn't quite line up with the pasta, the invention pasta, of pasta guideline. Oh, okay. When confronted with scientific evidence contrary to the timeline, he cites the creationist logic outlined in the letter about carbon dating. So he's basically like, the reason you don't believe this is the version of creation is because Flying Spaghetti Monster like doesn't want is testing you and doesn't want you to <laughs> blindly follow. On the first day, the flying spaghetti monster separated the water from the heavens. On the second day, and now I'm quoting because I can't summarize this, quote, because he could not tread water for long and had grown tired of flying, he created the land, complemented by a beer volcano, Mount Salsa, which we will get into in a second. Mount Salsa? Salsa, as in chips and salsa. Okay. Continue. Huh. Salsa and pasta, ew. Satisfied, the flying spaghetti monster overindulged in beer from the beer volcano and woke up hungover. Third day. Between drunken nights and clumsy afternoons, the flying spaghetti monster produced seas and land for a second time accidentally because he forgot he created it the day before. Whoopsies! <laughs> Along with heaven and a, quote, midget, which he named Man. Man and an equally short woman lived happily in the Olive Garden of Eden for some time <laughs> until the flying spaghetti monster caused a global flood in a cooking accident. Unquote. What kind of garden? The Olive Garden. The Olive of Garden. <laughs> I wasn't sure I heard that right. Oh, <laughs> nope, you heard that right. Nope, you heard it right. The Olive Garden of Eden. It's my new favorite thing. I will only believe the this cooking accident. story. That reminds me of fucking Kevin who left his glue on the stove for too long. Yes. Remember those days? <laughs> oh my God, yes. I miss Kevin. We need to bring Kevin back. Fucking Kevin. We, we yep. got rid of Kevin. We booted him from Patreon. Kevin's dead. I know, because we, we forgot about him. Oh my God, you killed Kevin. We, <laughs> we neglected our Kevin and he ran we away. Did. We, I feel like this was user error. We thought he'd stick around. So then there's Captain Mosey. He is also very prominent in this story. Captain Mosey is the pirate captain who received 10 stone tablets as advice from the flying spaghetti monster on top of Mount Salsa. He dropped two of them on his way down the mountain, presumably from having too much beer. And we are left with the eight I'd really rather you didn't. Those are the, <laughs> those are the commandments. <laughs> Would you like to hear the I'd really rather you didn't? I really yes. would. Okay. <laughs> Number one. I'd really rather you didn't act like a sanctimonious holier than thou ass when describing my noodly goodness. If some people don't believe in me, that's okay. Really, I'm not that vain. Besides, this isn't about them, so don't change the subject. <laughs> right. Number two. I'd really rather you didn't use my existence as a means to oppress, subjugate, punish, eviscerate, and or, you know, be mean to others. I don't require sacrifices or purity, and purity is for drinking water, not people. <laughs> Number three, I'd really rather you didn't judge people for the way they look or how they dress or the way they talk or, well, just play nice, okay? Oh, and get this in your thick heads. 
Woman equals person. Man equals person. Samey, samey. Samey, samey. <laughs> That's literally in here. One is not better than the other unless we're talking about fashion. And I'm sorry, but I gave that to women and some guys who know the difference between teal and fuchsia. <laughs> teal and fuchsia. <laughs> yep. I am 100% subscribing to this religion. Yeah. <laughs> it speaks to me so much. Right? Okay, number four. Teal and fuchsia. They're not even close. <laughs> not on the same spectrum. <laughs> no. Really, that's what you're clinging on to right now. <laughs> Jesus. I'm okay, sorry. number four. I'd really rather you didn't indulge in conduct that offends yourself or your willing consenting partner of legal age and mental maturity. As for anyone who might object, I think the expression is go fuck yourself. Unless they find that <laughs> offensive, in which case they can turn off the TV for once and go for a walk for a change. Well, he predicted the TV. He did. <laughs> for a walk for a change. <laughs> Number five. I'd really rather you didn't challenge the bigoted, misogynist, hateful ideas of others on an empty stomach. Eat, then go after the bitch. <laughs> I'm getting that tattooed somewhere. Anger is dangerous. Right? We've learned this. Tracy, I recently told someone at work that at a, I know we were talking about like job interviews and like um, <laughs> your, your strengths and weaknesses. And I said, Tra my friend told me that she has said in an interview, my weakness is that I lose focus when hungry. And he thought I was kidding. I'm like, no, she's actually said that. It's been received well. <laughs> I've got the job every time I've used that. <laughs> it's a very honest assessment. I forget about that, but I need to remember it for future reference. We were talking, we were talking about The Office and how Michael Scott was like, he was asked his strengths or something. And he was like, my strengths? Uh, well, I can tell you my weaknesses. Uh, I work too hard or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, God, it's so good. Uh, <laughs> Lose focus when hungry. I mean, the flying spaghetti monster feels my pain, so. Mm-hmm. Okay, number six. I'd really rather you didn't build multi-million dollar churches slash temples slash mosques slash shrines to my noodly goodness when the money can be better spent, parentheses, take your pick, ending poverty, curing diseases, living in peace, loving with passion, and lowering the cost of cable. I might be a, I might be a complex carbohydrate omniscient being, but I enjoy the simple things in life. I ought to know I'm the creator. <laughs> My sister just canceled her cable and now either Hulu live TV or YouTube live TV, I forget. But so she posted like I finally did it. I cut the cable. Like, and now I'm like spending $100 less per month because she used like Hulu or YouTube and a whole bunch of other people commented how they all like did the same thing. I haven't had cable in like a long time. I haven't time. had cable yeah, either. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't think I've ever had cable when I've lived on my as, own. As an adult, well, I don't think I've ever had cable. Actually, I have, but it's only when I've been forced into it because it's like, oh, you're, you're price is going to go sky high but if you sign up for cable too we'll lower it by ten dollars like what the fuck sense does that make so yeah that's when i've we signed got up for cable it. when we moved because it was bundled in like the first year package sure and but then it went up and so we cut the cable yeah but mine was i don't the think opposite. i've ever it was like an adult. i had only internet and then 
After the first year bundle package or whatever, they were like, oh, it's going to go up by like $40 a month. But if you sign up for cable, we'll lower it by 10. I'm like, what? Yeah. Okay. That's weird. Give me more for less. <laughs> okay. Number seven. I'd really rather you didn't go around telling people I talk to you. You're not that interesting. Get over yourself. And I told you to love your fellow man. Can't you take a hint? <laughs> and number eight. I'd really rather you didn't do unto others as you would have them do unto you if you are into um, stuff that uses a lot of leather slash lubricant <laughs> slash Las Vegas. I was going to say, whenever you say FSM, I think like BDSM. Well, it's not. Well, that's not what we're talking about, Elizabeth. Get your head if on the straight. other person is into it, however, pursuant to number four, then have, then have at it, take pictures, and for the love of Mike, wear a condom. Don't know who Mike is. Honestly, <laughs> it's a piece of rubber. If I didn't want it to feel good when you did it, I would have added spikes or something. <laughs> and or those something. are the eight I'd really rather you didn't. Let's go into some miscellaneous flying spaghetti monster goodness. Ready? Mm-hmm. Swedish concept designer Niklas Johnson adapted Michelangelo's creation of Adam to include FSM instead of God in August. 20, oh, I've seen that 2005. one. Yeah, I've that's going to be my photo for this. Nice. Austrian pastafarian Nico Alm became the first person to win the legal right to wear his pasta strainer headgear in his driver's license photo in July 2011 legally recognizing oh. the strainer as religious head covering. I think I've seen this too. Just a guy in mm -hmm. his license picture with the, like a silver pasta strainer yes. on or something. Mm -hmm. yes. Well, since then they've had like a lot of people do it, but oh, I'm sure, he was yeah. the first one. Did you see that woman in California? Not nearly as funny, but she um, accidentally had her mask on when she was getting her driver's license photo taken. And they were supposed to like, instruct you to off, remove yeah. it yeah you're supposed like, to. just at the moment of the photo and like put it right back on mm -hmm. and she got in front and she heard like you know she was getting into position in front of the like the marker and stuff and then she mm -hmm. heard the click and was just like oh did you take the picture and the person was like oh my god yeah sorry and so then she took off her mask and they took another picture but then when she got her id in the mail it was the picture with the mask on <laughs> <laughs> and womp, she was like, yeah. like um is this and legal? they like she finally like she posted it went viral like she has like some attorney friends and stuff like her dad and they were all like i don't really know what to advise you on this because she was just worried that it, like she would get pulled over and like nobody would see can take it seriously as yeah. an id or like if she right. tried to use it to fly anywhere and she called the dmv or they finally reached out to her and they like assured her that it was in fact like a legal no it's not legitimate I feel like it's not identification okay. well I mean like even if it's technically legal I can totally see someone being like like not accepting that ID yeah. like at the airport right. when you go to the airport they make you pull your mask down to look right. at your face compared to your picture I mean I don't know Yeah, I can see it justifiably being rejected yeah but so anyways there they are giving her another opportunity to get her picture retaken. Yeah, they should. Because <laughs> they apparently don't have the photo of her maskless. That's so funny. she has to go through it again. <laughs> okay. I almost done. seen that. So weddings. There's an ordination mill on the Pastafarian website that credentials officiants in states that restrict celebrants to clergy and court officials. 
such as Pennsylvania. In November of 2014, Atheists for Human Rights used the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster to make their case. In this case, so Minnesota is one of the states that restricts wedding officiants to clergy and court officials. A.H.R. sued Washington County, Minnesota, with Rodney Michael Rogers, saying that the county violated both First Amendment rights to free speech and 14th Amendment rights to equal protection under the law when they denied Rogers the right to perform a secular wedding ceremony. The quote is, when the statute clearly permits recognition of a marriage celebrant whose religious credentials consist of nothing more than a $20 ordination obtained by the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster, the requirement is absolutely meaningless in terms of ensuring the qualifications of a marriage celebrant. They won the case. I hope so. And the first legally recognized Pastafarian wedding was performed in New Zealand in April 2016. Nice. Another update. Henderson went on the record with The Guardian in 2019, opposing intelligent design again, while noting that he did not create Pastafarianism. Flying Spaghetti Monster did. He's just the Mm. vessel. And that, friends, is my segment. Oh, wait, no, hold on. One more. So on the website, on the Flying Spaghetti Monster website, they have a contact page where you can directly contact Bobby Henderson and ask him all of your (laughs) direct questions about Pastafarianism. I did, in fact, reach out and asked him very nicely. And he, as of this recording date, has not written back to me. <laughs> I was like, is he a surprise guest speaker? Oh, my God. I really wanted to ask that. And here he is. <laughs> I really, really wanted to. But I was like, you know what? I'll just ask him. You know what? Like, if he responds and if he wants to do an interview with us or, you know, a chat with us, we should put that on Patreon. I mean, 100% exclusive content with mm-hmm. the harpies and the direct line to the flying spaghetti monster yes yes <laughs> it's ba- he's basically the pope of this religion he, yeah he is I the pope he or jesus he's the jesus well i feel like he's closer to the pope because he's more like our direct communication line which is like basically what the pope is supposed to be whereas mm-hmm. jesus just came died came back and then left again in any of the sacred texts or whatever is there a process identified for who would replace him should slash if he eventually there dies? is no line of succession there is none so identified. like who would become the next uh, well, i don't think he is officially anything he's just the one who's spreading the word in the modern day yes he doesn't have an official title I mean, he brought us the flying spaghetti monster. Right, but he doesn't have an official title. He's not someone that needs replacement per se. But he wrote that he was like, if you use swear words in your subject line, I might be more likely to read it. And I'm like, fuck. (laughs) (laughs) This whole discussion reminds me also, have you guys ever heard of Russell's teapot? No. It's this, um, it kind of like, touches a lot on what the spaghetti monster embodies. And it's like this concept that this guy, um, Russell, he came up with this, this 
idea that like, oh, there's a teapot flying out in space, but it's so, but you can't see it with like a micro or a telescope or anything because it's like, it's so small compared to space. Like you're just never going to see it. Like okay. prove me wrong. So like, that's like the whole, it's like a concept of like the burden of proof, like being like, I'm making this ridiculous claim. There's a teapot flying out in space. Like prove me wrong. It's kind of, I don't know. I feel like a lot of that goes yeah. together. Like when I've been on, how like, do you the prove Reddit, there's not a teapot in space? How do you prove there's not a spaghetti Scan monster? all of space. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So like I, when I've gone in the past on like the Reddit, like the subreddits of like atheism and, and agnosticism and stuff, you'll see like in like the, the little banner picture, you'll see like the spaghetti monster and then like a teapot in space. Aww. So those, I always put those two together. It's like the teapot and the spaghetti monster. <laughs> They're like friends. They're friends. Teapot and pasta. I feel like the teapot is like the Bigfoot of like religious conspiracy. Space. (laughs) Space. The Bigfoot of space. Yep. Space yetis. I, I am down. That is the kind of conspiracy theory I can get behind. If you want to hear more about teapots in space and flying spaghetti monsters you can listen to harpy hour on itunes spotify google play stitcher tune in and iHeartRadio. wherever you listen please rate us and leave us a glowing review the flying spaghetti monster would want you to hallelujah mm-hmm. amen if you have other equally ridiculous religions that you would like to share tell us about them you can email us at harpyhourpodcast at gmail.com and follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at harpyhourpod. And if we ever get this interview to happen with the uh, founder of the Spaghetti will. Monster religion, which Bobby we're going to try to do, Bobby, Bobby Henderson, you're going to need Bay. to be on Patreon to be able to access that content. You can become a Patreon for just $1 a month. Or if you love us more than $1 a month, you can give us more. Which we accept do. more. Yeah. We, we will gladly accept more if, if you want. You will get more for it. Yes. The more you give, the more you get. Tit for tat. So head on over there. Check out our tiers. Donate to us to help keep us on the air. Por favor. Gracias. Thanks for listening. Okay, oh, bye. Okay, bye.